Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? When are you guys going to learn? The more you indict, the more we unite. Facts. It's Trump 2024. We don't care. You heard me? We already made our mind up. You already know when the hood got your back. Man, they deep in the hood. Gangsters. Talking about Trump 2024, you heard me? Woo woo! Wah! Gangsters! The hood got this man back. I'm just trying to tell you. You heard me? And we ain't we ain't stupid, man. American people, man. We ain't we ain't all them talking about lockdowns and back when the mask and all that. You know, they got a new virus coming and it's gonna be man, nobody don't care. Ain't fooling nobody no more with none of that. You know, new jack, man, nobody. Nobody being fooled no more. We all the way up. You heard me? It's Trump 2024. That's what it's going to be because we ain't having nothing else. From sea to shining sea. Three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program is always thrilled to be with you. You know, in order to create um, a new liberal world order, you have to have a population of people willing to obey. Yes. And in order to get them to obey, you have to be making them fearful. We've gone through that ad nauseum on this show today, whether it's about climate, it's about money, it's about Donald Trump, whether it's about a virus, it's a skin parasite, whether it's any of these things. As long as you are afraid, you can be counted on to act irrationally and to forfeit something that you don't realize you're giving up. Whether it's your freedom, your car, your mobility, your speech, your vote, your safety, your country, any of it, right? Until all of a sudden you're like, what just happened? Well, it's too late at that point. But you need police. You need military. You need law and order. Not if you're going to loot and be a ne'er-do-well in a blue district. That is what it is. This is different. You need a new police force. Well, what do we know is going on with our police? Well, in blue cities, you got to defund them. And so now crime is out of control. Where did I just read? There was a mayor. I forget where it was. The guy, his car was stolen from him as he was on his way to do something like, and nobody is immune to crime. So defund the police, make it so undesirable to be in law enforcement, and then make the military epically suck, Right. Have us worry more about pronouns and transgender nonsense than actual military readiness. That's where we are. I mean, if we got involved in something right now, we'd get hosed. And I think the world knows it. It's been widely projected to the rest of the world as we've opened up our stockpiles and we vomited everything we have to Ukraine or we left $80 billion worth of crap behind in the last 19 years in Afghanistan. Whatever it is, the world knows. We're not like some tip-top, ready-to-roll military might machine. We're just not. So where does the police state come from? Do you guys remember the movie, the Tom Cruise, Gene Hackman movie, The Firm? 
So uh, Tom Cruise, this is 1993, so it's like a gazillion years ago. 30 years ago, holy mackerel. Tom Cruise is a young lawyer. He and his wife get this just great job. They have to move to the firm. And it seems great. It's this prestigious law firm. They help set him up, get him a house, beautiful house. Great stuff. Everything seems normal until it's not. And then they realize, Tom Cruise and his wife realize, that everything that they're a part of is like this intricate bribery, blackmail, video surveillance. It's bugged. Their house is bugged. And there's cameras and they're being surveilled by the people at the firm. And the whole gist of it is all of the people who are at the firm are under the spell because they've got all this dirt on them. And so they have to do things accordingly to the marching orders of the Wizard of Oz. That's, that's, I mean, in a nutshell, what's going on with this World Economic Forum global crap of suck. It's not good for you. It's bad for us. It's good for a select few. And you're just sort of the collateral damage. So Dick Durbin, I believe, he's part of this Beltway bribery scheme. He's got to be. There is no way this guy gets up and number one, denies Senator Marsha Blackburn's request for the logs on the Lolita Express. He, there's no way, unless he's totally entrenched in this whole system of suck. You don't say no to that. Why wouldn't they want Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs of the kind of people who would travel on his plane? What, Bill Clinton, how many dozens of times? Bill Gates, how many dozens of times? to go to his Caribbean place where you know what they were doing. Blech. All right? They've got the goods. The firm has the goods on Dick Durbin. There is no other way. And they've come like, like the Corleones. When we call, you make sure you answer. Because we've done favors for you. And when we have a favor of you, we expect you to be there to answer the call. Dick Durbin dropped something yesterday got a great idea why don't we have illegal immigrants join our military oh i cannot wait this is fantastic what a great idea all those chinese nationals that we just saw a video of last night lined up on the border militant looking young men from communist china by all means these people should serve in our military are you out of your mind yeah yeah, you are. Two Dick Durbin sound bites, just to numb you over a little bit, all right? Here's audio soundbite number one, just to grease you. Go. What troubles me about the debate now about the southern border is it is one half of the immigration equation. Yes, we need order at the border. Yes, we need to have changes in the laws that reflect the reality of the overwhelming numbers from all over the world who are coming to our, our shores and our border. But there's also an incredible demand for legal immigration into this country even now. I don't know who, I don't know where you're going with this, Dick. All right. Can I call you Dick? All right. Listen, Dick, here's where we're going with this. Yes, there's a, there's a problem at the border with all sorts of people coming in. How about you stop it at that? That stops Psst, right there. Done. Let's address that. Build the damn wall. Well, we can't. Because we need to have a military force from within our government. 
So he's going to say, these people will come across, eh, legally, let's say, we can get them a path, a pathway to citizenship that's lickety split. Oh, goody, because that's what I want. Let's listen to what he says now. This is amazing. Go. The presiding officer, my colleague from the state of Illinois, has legislation which addresses one aspect of that. Her bill, and I hope I describe it accurately, says that if you are an undocumented person in this country and you can pass the physical and the required test, background test, the like, you can serve in our military. And if you do it honorably, we will make you citizens of the United States. What? Do we need that? No. Do you know what the recruiting numbers are at the Army and the Navy? Yeah, they suck because of you. They can't reach their quotas each month. They can't find enough people to join our military forces. And there are those who are undocumented who want the chance to serve and risk their lives for this country. Should we give them a chance? No. I think we should. No. Do you know why you have recruiting numbers that are in the toilet, dick? Well, I can give you about 50 reasons right now. How about a vaccine mandate? You lost 8,000 right out of the gates there. How about all of your vaccine injured? Because if you really want to be serious about this, let's figure out cause and effect. You have an injured military. Can people who are vaccine injured, let's say with Guillain-Barre or Bell's palsy, whose face is paralyzed? How about the people with the turbo cancer? How about the women who are miscarrying? How about the rising rates of testicular and ovarian cancer? How about all of this? How about the number of pilots who've been grounded? Because they have cardiac issues. How about the deaths, dick? Because of you. Because you made it made it mandatory. And then all of a sudden, instead of worrying about military readiness, instead of having an excellent degree, a commitment to the best and the brightest, the finest, you know, like all of the people in China who walk like that in China. How about Russia's army? How about that? No, we're worried about, I'm sorry, um, what's your pronoun, Sergeant? Oh, Zay, I beg your pardon. Let me change it on your name tag. What are we doing? It's purposeful. going to drive people out. We're going to make it exceedingly unsavory to have people serve in the military. I mean, how many of you parents out there are like, oh, I would love if my son and daughter would love to serve this government in their military? Not How about Joe Biden and his ambivalence at the transfer of bodies? Was that the final kick in the teeth for you guys? The checking his watch as each casket came off the plane into the hearse. Couldn't be bothered by needed to go get some chocolate chip ice cream or something or maybe get another deposit from Owasco from his son. Whoever would want to serve in the military. Purposeful. So what do we have? We have all these young military-age men who've come across. Oh, my. What a wonderful idea. Said someone who sucks, dick. Dick. Pack it up, dude. Move along. Whatever the firm's got on you, trust me, it's not as bad as how we feel right now. Believe you me. Do not go anywhere. Coming up on the program, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if you think this story is terrible... How about the, the 11-year-old girl who was forced to sleep with a transgender student who she didn't know was a boy, but her school did. 
I'm sorry. That's next. Well, this is just one of those stories that I just, I, I don't know how you defend it. You can't defend it. Okay, here, here it is. The Daily Signal. <laughs> Exclusive. Bah, bah, bah. School assigned girl to sleep with boy who identifies as trans without parental notification. We saw this and we were like, what? <laughs> what? What happened here? An 11-year-old girl was assigned to share a bed with a male student who identifies as a transgender girl. I don't care if you identify as a turnip, my man. Get out of bed. (laughs) While on a cross-country school trip, according to a demand letter sent Monday, that girl's parents, they're doing some demanding. They're now calling upon the public school system, shocker, to provide answers and clarification in its policies related to children who identify as transgender. I would be asking for a lot more than than that. Let me tell you, represented by Alliance Defending Freedom, Joe and Serena Wales are calling on the Colorado-based Jefferson County School Board and Jefferson County Public School Superintendent Tracy Dortland to clarify whether the school will continue this practice of intentionally withholding information about rooming accommodations from parents like the Waleses, who object to their daughter rooming with a student of the opposite sex, regardless of the other student's gender identity. Honest to God. Quote, this practice renders it impossible for these parents to make informed decisions about their children's privacy, upbringing, and participation in school-sponsored programs. Can you imagine finding out that you're an 11-year-old girl on a trip? All right. We got two beds in the room. Sally, you and Susie are over here. Julie, you and Phil at Philomena are over in this bed. What? Yes, and it was the boy who let the girls know, yeah, I have a penis. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's hard enough to be 11, ladies and gentlemen. It's an ugly age. I had really big teeth. (laughs) Okay, and probably acne. It wasn't a good look. I don't need a dude who thinks he's a girl dressing up like one lying in bed next to me. They describe how their daughter, who's in the fifth grade, went on a on a school sponsored trip to Philadelphia in Washington, D.C. Of, of June of this year. And the school had repeatedly told parents that the boys and girls on the trip would be roomed in different floors. Well, that's great. Different floors. Chaperones told the students the boys would not even be allowed to visit the girls floor as well as vice versa, according to the letter, except this particular one who has a penis. Well, Serena Wales also went on the trip, though she was not a chaperone. Their 11-year-old daughter, who is identified in the letter as a name we don't need to say, was assigned to a room with three other students, according to the demand letter. Two of these students were girls from her school. The third was a boy who identified as a girl who went to a different school. Went to a different school. I don't know you, but I'm supposed to share a bed with you because someone at this school thought that was a good idea. And when the Waleses found out, because the daughter crept out of bed and she called her mom from the lobby or from the bathroom, literally locked herself in the bathroom. Ah, mom. Uh, 
I don't know what to do, but I'm in bed with a boy. Say what? Dad is 2,000 miles away on a business trip. He can't choke somebody fast enough, right? And so this brings up something that Brock found, and I have to share it with you because this is how I would feel. I would feel this way. There's a there's a video of a guy with a microphone and he's going up to some rando at the pump and he's like, hey, I want to ask you this question. If this happened, what would you do? And this is exactly the apropos response. If you were asked if a boy was supposed to sleep with your daughter at the age of 11 and you didn't know about it. Listen to the question. Go. You mind if we ask you a quick question? Sure. Go ahead. What you got? doing a survey and we're asking people what would you do if somebody broke into your house with the intentions to rob and harm your family oh i'd call 811 811 you mean 911 no 811 because i'm gonna need to know where to dig a hole <laughs> i'm gonna need to know where to dig a hole yes a hundred percent you need to call 811 in all fairness this boy was in stealth mode is what the story said explain that he was he didn't tell anyone he was in stealth mode and the school wanted to respect that school wanted to respect him by putting her in a really uncomfortable situation do you understand how it is now it is inconveniencing everyone else for the benefit of a select group of victims. If you don't let this boy pretend to be a girl, then there's something the matter with you. No, ladies and gentlemen, we have a problem in this country. It's called common sense. And everybody at that school district who knew about it needed to be tarred and feathered. Sayonara. What the heck is going on? All right. Jake Tapper. Look, this is such a great show. I'm loving this. Jake Tapper. You just got to hear some of this roundtable. Why Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. It's great. It's unhinged and you deserve it. Next. I think it's so interesting when I hear voices that we didn't hear recently talk about, I want to go back. I want to go back to Trump. I don't care what he said. I don't care what he tweeted. I liked his policy. I liked the quality of my life. I didn't have the stress. I had more money in the bank. I felt like my life was secure. I felt safer. America felt like it was on the right path. You can't put a price tag on that. Who are we hearing this from? We're hearing it from Democrats. We're hearing it from black voters. We're hearing it from the Hispanic community. We're hearing it from women in the suburbs. Actually, yes, it's happening. Because there's no denying that what you have now, what things cost, how our, our country looks and feels, it's uncomfortable. It's uncertain. And we don't like that. Can you imagine if the media were even remotely fair to Donald Trump during his tenure? in his first term, just say 50%, instead of 95% negative news, instead of spending all of that time, much like the Democrat-controlled House, just browbeating him with 85 different subpoenas and investigative lines, if, if they just let Donald Trump do Donald Trump, where we could be today. This is on the Democrats. 
And I blame each and every single one of you who voted otherwise. And I make, that might sound harsh. I don't care. I don't care. So when I, as a journalist, former television news anchor and reporter for many, many years, as I look at the landscape of media today, it's with disgust. And I see articles like this from The Atlantic. For The Atlantic's January-February 2024 issue, 24 contributors consider what Donald Trump could do if he were to return to the White House. Could do. Trump's second term, they conclude, would be much worse. They're scared to death. Scared to death. It's, it's a shame to me that this is, I mean, it's embarrassing. I, I believe people in science look at the way their fields have been bastardized by these people with COVID, with climate nonsense, all of this jazz. It's embarrassing to see what's happened. But... What's beyond embarrassing, what's just a joke, is Jake Tapper from CNN. He is such an unfortunate schlub. I mean, I don't know what else to say about you, Jake. I just don't. He's going to have three of these article writers, okay? Three journalists from The Atlantic. This is how they spend their time. This is what their big gangbuster thing is for 2024. We're going to come out of the gates, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to kill it. Come on, everybody. We're going to have a powwow. Here's the company mission for 2024. Trump is going to kill everything. He's a threat to everything. It's so wearisome. It's so tiresome. And they just suck so much, predictably. But we thought we would cherry pick some of the greatest sound from this because it's important for you to hear who these intellectuals are. These are the people who know better. They feel like they can preach to you, tell you what's going on. And what they do is they operate in a world of what ifs and could be's and this is what he's gonna do and and supposition and all of this jazz. It's purely speculative and it's butthurt leftist crybaby nonsense. Meanwhile, we've got a country to save. So... Kind of brush them off like this on your shoulder and move along. But you need to know these are the people pushing the garbage that friends of yours are listening to, that neighbors of yours are listening to in audio soundbite number one. Here's Jake Tapper in his glory talking about I've got a special roundtable discussion right now. Go. A stark warning in our 2024 lead. A special issue of The Atlantic magazine today lays out a detailed, compelling case about specifically What could happen if Donald Trump returns to the Oval Office? Two dozen essays by Atlantic writers outline how the threats to democracy will be bigger than ever before, potentially changing America forever. Oh, my gosh. Changing America forever? Like making us walk around with gas masks? Oh, that's right. That's all your other alarmism from years gone by. Can you imagine all the actual news these idiots could be covering? How about you go try to find the 85,000 missing migrant children who came across the border unaccompanied, who are now sex slaves or de-beaking chicken somewhere? How about that, Atlantic hacks? Jake Tapper. Oh, this is uh, what could happen. You know what? It's like me looking in my in my magic eight ball. Hey, magic eight ball. This is a highly scientific answer here. I need to ask you a question, right? This is what your Atlantic writers are talking about. Soundbite number two. Ooh, this is dark. Donald Trump is angry. He's going to get back at us. This is going to be all about revenge. Go. 
some of those Atlantic editors and contributors join us now. Jeffrey Goldberg, the editor, let me start with you. These essays cover how Trump could carry out a, a revenge, a retribution presidency, what might happen to NATO, how women could be targets, how Trump will get away with it all this time. And in an editor's note, you write, the country survived the first Trump term, though not without sustaining serious damage. A second term, if there is one, will be much worse. Tell me what, what happened. What was the damage? What was the damage during Donald Trump? Besides the fake news media being relentlessly exposed and mocked, was that, was that part of the damage that Donald Trump did? How about the exposure of the uniparty swamp creature machine of suck called the Beltway Bubble? Is that, that was the part, that was the damage that Donald Trump caused by exposing that, right? How about, how about our, our border? Was it doing okay? I think it was doing all right. Was that damage? Was that danger, Jake? Listen to the, the guest. By the way, in Jake Tapper's last comment, he said, could twice. He said, will once and would twice. That's all you need to know about this is really super duper heavy hitting journalism. People are getting used to the idea, ladies and gentlemen, that Donald Trump is going to be reelected. This is proof of it. Audio soundbite three. To, to the credit of human beings, we can get used to anything. Uh, and I think we're, we're too accustomed to the idea that he's coming back. And I don't think people understand that, um, that the Trump who comes back is going to be very different than the Trump we had the first time. Trump is going to be very different. Because you see that. Have you seen anything other than complete consistency? We've marveled about it on this program multiple times. It doesn't matter what they throw at him. It doesn't matter if there's an FBI agent going through Melania's underwear drawer. It doesn't matter if the media are beating their chest pants on fire, breaking news that's manufactured. It doesn't matter that the anything's going on. They're throwing knives at him, whatever they can. Four indictments, 91 charges. He's the same dude. He's unflappable. He's constant. He doesn't do the ebb and flow, the ups and the downs. So that guest sucks. This is the good one. I like this. Trump is going to leave NATO. Oh, no. And that's going to put the whole world in peril. First of all, as a military force, we are not right now. And so I don't see any danger with us leaving NATO. NATO or the U.N. Listen. What people, most people don't realize is NATO isn't just a treaty, it's a kind of psychology. Aww. So it's not that Russia is afraid to attack Poland because, you know, we wrote something down in a treaty and somebody signed it and ratified it. It's because he genuinely believes that if he attacks Poland or he attacks Germany or he attacks Britain, that the United States will come in and all the NATO countries will come together and fight. And once we have a president who makes it clear that he won't do that under any circumstances, even if there's pushback, even if the military starts shouting, even if the Senate tries to prevent him, that psychological barrier is down. Do you hear how they speak? These aren't normal people. These aren't people that are outside. They're not outside cutting their grass, drinking a beer, right? My kind of people. These are, these are the erudite intellectual schmucks who've never actually worked. They've studied people who work. And they've written articles about what work should be. And then they throw stones at actual workers and criticize the way in which they work. But they never actually work. These are people who stay in cubbies. These are what a lot of journalists do. I'm going to sit in the confines of my little cubby and I'm going to criticize everybody else. I'm not going to do anything but preach to everybody else. 
So that is what that clodhopper is all about. It's a psychology. And she's talking about Vladimir Putin. If we, if we pull out of, of NATO, Putin will do whatever he wants. I'm seeming to think that Putin seems to be a lot more stable than our government presently. In audio soundbite number five, that dude you heard from prior, he's going to hop back in here. All right. And he's going to talk about Putin, 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 Putin. They haven't stopped the Putin horse. Beating, beating, beating the Putin horse. Listen, go. Could I add one quick yeah. point about this to show the importance of the United States Ooh. to this security infrastructure? The, the American military is bigger than the combined militaries of, of Europe. So, in, in other words, Putin knows that without the U.S., if the U.S. withdraws from the scene, he could have his way in a way that he wouldn't have otherwise. Stop with the dead horses, people! The money has dried up for Ukraine. The gravy train has hit the depot. Nobody's getting back on, and it's not departing anytime soon. Time to move along with your tired old narrative, Atlantic. And then I like this one. Can you imagine what would happen to the Department of Justice under Donald Trump? He would go after his enemies. He would, he would get revenge. Oh, kind of like you clowns are doing now? That's rich. What would happen to the Justice Department under a, a second Trump presidency? Well, Trump has already made clear that he wants to use the Justice Department to visit revenge on Joe Biden, for one, other political <laughs> enemies. He also wants to use it to protect himself, right? Mm. He's obviously currently in the process of going through many, uh, you know, lawsuits. That's exactly what he's going to do. Yeah, see, I'm going to use a DOJ for me, see? We're going to go after our political opponent the way they did me. Do, do you think these people know how dumb they sound? You know what Donald Trump is going to do? He's going to get in. He's going to shut the border. He's going to do his best to round up all the people who have no business being here. And he's going to find a way to send them on their merry way. And that work has been in progress for the better part of two years. And if you think there's an American out there who's not down with that, right? You're wrong. Coming up next... The reason why we might want to leave the U.N. Because they're freaking crazy. I've got proof of it on deck. You can't go in before the yo, whoa, 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 right? I was sitting there waiting for it. You know, one of the one of the eye openers that I haven't wanted to see and I've specifically avoided online. I just think that there are some things that burn their way into your brain and into your soul. And once you see them, you can't unsee them. And there have been several iterations of the horror that Hamas inflicted on Israel from October 7th that have found their way into various video clips on social media. And I've stumbled upon a couple of them. And it's just... It's just too much. It's just too much to consider what people have gone through, what hostages are still going through, the ineptitude of, of this government, this administration that we're stuck with. Um, it, and, and to think of, of children particularly, any human being, but to think of children, uh, that's a full stop for me. And, and we just heard in this Atlantic roundtable as they're trying to create this idea that Donald Trump is so dangerous, that where we are right now is preferable to Donald Trump coming back. It's so patently idiotic. Um, it's so fake. 
it's so fabricated, manufactured. It's so disappointing. As a former member of the media, I cared profoundly about telling stories and about delivering news. It was so important to me. And it's over. It's o- they've ruined everything. They've ruined science. They've ruined the military. They've ruined medicine. They, they've ruined any, any kind of faith I would have in the media. And, and I'm deeply resentful of that. I have to admit it. But when I read this story, and this is on the Free Beacon. I don't know if you guys ever are frequent flyers over there. It's a great site. The headline, UN official says it's unacceptable to demand that Hamas release hostages. A UN official is trying to say that Hamas has every right in the world to use and abuse whomever, however long they want. And that makes me physically nauseous. That that we see young people who are quick to take up a reason to be angry, no matter how maniacal, indefensible, and awful that reason is, it doesn't matter because there is a disconnect. And it's scary. We have now school presidents and boards being called to the carpet for not intervening in what has become a shakedown on some college campuses. And it's not just the elite schools, it's state schools. And I'm a product of two state schools. Good things can happen in state schools. This is bad. It is dark and it is wrong. And I'm curious every single day that I see these protests, the people who are, who are voicing their quote unquote pro-Palestinian viewpoints, who are pro-Hamas, would be most assuredly eliminated if they were picked up and planted in the Gaza Strip right now. Hamas is not tolerant. Hamas is not kind. Hamas is about one thing, one God. It is about one religion. It is one ideology. And anybody who cannot be converted has to be eliminated. That is the call. For this Official here, an anti-Israel United Nations official saying Monday that calling for Hamas to release hostages is an unacceptable act of justifying and deflecting the attention from the atrocities committed by the Israeli army in Gaza. Do you believe one iota of what you're getting out of Gaza? Do you believe one word that this Palestinian health authority is telling you because it's all garbage. It's the same garbage, different zip code as what we got out of Ukraine. It was the it was the the crying, sobbing tour of Vladimir Zelensky as he traveled by private jet around the world with his hands out and his pockets open to cash in on what can only be described as a money laundering operation. But to say that it's the Israelis who are at fault here for retaliating against a brutality the likes of which I cannot let my mind go is highly disingenuous. It is dark. It is evil. It is wrong. And if that is the face and that is the voice of the U.N., then I would hope 
that a reelected Donald Trump would say, you know what? We're going to get the hell out of this. We're going to focus on America first. We're going to bring our money back home. We're going to start making our own stuff. That 90% of our pharmaceuticals is, are made in China is wholly unacceptable. Let's focus on getting America healthy again. Getting America awake again. Getting America to tell the truth again. And if that means eliminating all of these people that you heard from today, putting a sock in John Kerry's mouth once and for all, then so be it. Taking people like Dick Durbin. Hey, Dick, days are numbered, bro. Pack your bags. Getting rid of these people, then so be it. Calling out these hack Voices like CNN and The Atlantic and all their ne'er-do-well intellectual elitists who think they know what's right for us. So freaking be it. These people are panicked about what's on the horizon. I am joyful. I tingle with anticipation. I know it could get worse here the way it is. But the degree of improvement, the deep breath that so many of us will have if and when Donald Trump is reelected. I'm hanging on for that because it's worth believing in. We've been through a lot, by golly, and we deserve that. I'm Wendy Bell. Great to be with you guys. Hope you join us back here same time, same place tomorrow. Until then, peace. Peace.